everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Stick a Fork in It. Uh, unfortunately, our colleague Shannon is not with us today, but Ev and I will do our best to, to carry on. on and, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we will miss Shannon bringing us back on track. So yeah. we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Am I getting um, an abbreviated version of this then? You are. <laughs> That's right. It's not the full Stick a Fork in It. Unsupervised is what this is. <laughs> My goodness. So that voice you hear is Matt Mitchell, CEO of the Tampa Metropolitan YMCA. Matt, welcome to Stick a Fork in It. Hey, thank you for having me. Really, uh, really fun to see you again, Matt, and uh, excited to uh, have this conversation. Yeah, so, uh, you know, there are a couple of reasons other than just liking people with the same name as me <laughs> you know, that, that we wanted to bring you on and have have a conversation with you. You know, our our teams have started to get to know each other better over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, just recently we kind of uh, merged a couple of projects we've been working on. We'd love to talk through that with you. But mm-hmm. first, we want to start with a little bit about you. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, as you mentioned, Matt Mitchell, uh, president and CEO of the Tampa Metro Area YMCA. I've uh, been with the YMCA just over 25 years. Wow. I, I got into it back when I was in college, actually, and never thought that I was going to be doing it for my life's work. Uh, but I quickly fell in love with the organization and found how it could be such a great avenue to impact people. And for me, it was very fortunate because the first Y I worked at and the first programs that I really owned personally were in the they were in the neighborhood where I grew up as a kid. Oh, wow. um, and so I, it, you know, when the opportunity came to do that in my, as my college internship, I thought, as a young person, right, when do you ever get a chance to build something from scratch in your own backyard that really means something? Yeah. And you know, and that's almost bragging too much because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know but I, I found out through the process of, well, my goodness, this is just, what a tremendous, tremendous organization that can yeah. inspire hope and change and a level of connectedness uh, that I really hadn't seen before. And I got to see it in my own backyard, which was neat, and I fell in love with it immediately. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of progressed uh, through the through the ranks. Uh, and I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, was my first YMCA, and then uh, went to San Antonio, Texas, uh, to get another great food bank in San Antonio, mm-hmm. Texas, which yep. does some really good work Absolutely. there. Um, I was there for about six years and then uh, took advantage of an opportunity here in Tampa and have been here for about three and a half years. And what a tremendous, tremendous city to be in mm-hmm. uh, right now. You hit it at a good time, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. You know, so many, so many of our colleagues around the country are dealing with you know population shrinkage almost, mm-hmm. and here we're thinking about okay, what are we going to do next to serve all these people and all these needs right. that are happening organically right in front of us? And uh, no, I'm not going to talk about the sports teams because, as we mentioned, uh, it's uh, I have some affiliations <laughs> elsewhere. Uh, but it's so fun to be in a city that's so vibrant with uh, such success when it comes to Champa uh, Bay. Is that yeah. okay? <laughs> That's the, I think they're actually going to change it on Google Maps. Officially. Yes, is that right? <laughs> we, we won't mention too many times that we went through the Packers to get Just the next four or five episodes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, 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 see, typically, uh, and I took some some folks from here up to Lambeau Field for the game, thinking, all right, you know, we're going to win this one and we'll come back. And <laughs> but I, the, the whole flight home, it was me, the one who was sulking. <laughs> um, but what fun to experience that game with, with people who really appreciated that win for Tampa Bay yeah. uh, and what it did for the city. And then also... You know, usually when your team loses, you can escape it. You can just turn off the radio, but not here. I'm <laughs> driving down Bayshore, and there's people with hats and shirts. And we have some friends in town from uh, from Milwaukee right now, and we were down uh, in St. Pete, and 
this one guy kept walking past us with this Tampa Bay champion, Super Bowl champion shirt. My buddy's like, can that guy just, you know, either come or leave and I'll just keep walking back. Uh, Take yeah. a break. <laughs> so tell us a little bit, uh, you say Tampa Metro, why? What does that mean? You know, we have, we have a 10 county area we serve. I know there's, uh, everybody has a slightly different understanding of what Tampa and Tampa Bay means. What does sure. that mean to the why? Yeah, so no, we, um, YMCA's uh, all fun, fall under a you know why the USA charter. We have to live up to certain expectations. Uh, but every YMCA um, corporation is its own legal entity. So in your um, in your service area, we actually have one, two, three, four different YMCA, five yes. different YMCA entities. And and you can definitely brag to Scott and David that you were the first one to be a guest on here. <laughs> That's only right. That's only right. Um, but we, uh, uh, the Tampa Metro Area YMCA is all of Hillsborough County and, uh, and East Pasco County. Um, you know, we work a lot together, the other YMCA's, and try to do as much collectively as possible, um, especially now. You know, this is a whole different environment than it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And the more that... Um, you know, not-for-profits, for that matter, work together right. to use our resources most efficiently. Um, you know, for one organization of the same roof, YMCs especially should be doing that. So we try to do the best to work well together and, and offer similar programs. Oftentimes we'll be doing an initiative like uh, water safety programs. Mm-hmm. And we'll try to do them all at the same time so we can have a, a, you know, a metro area, Tampa Bay uh, impact on things like that. Yeah, it's, uh, I always love talking to folks from the Y because I grew up YMCA after school programs. Oh, My wife worked for the Y for a long, long time running summer camps and great, things like that. And, um, you know, we've always had fantastic experiences with, with Y here in Tallahassee, all sorts of different places. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, the, the types of programs that you guys run. Sure. And good to hear you have a good why story. I mean, yeah. Yes. You have, you have, I, actually, yeah, my, my family. So uh, I grew up in North Tampa. Okay. And so the, the YMCA that's off of Bruce B. Downs, like we've had a membership like since it opened. Mm-hmm. And I've done all kinds of, you know, martial arts classes, rec basketball, you know, uh, machines, rock climbing. It's It's been yeah. part of my family for a long time. I mean, you are <laughs> getting the opportunity to talk to the quarterback of the fifth grade YMCA Suncoast Regional Flag Football Champions. I did not know we were in the presence of royalty. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Tom Brady and me. I, said, you know, I was just saying, he's, we, we, he was being so quiet. He's too, so modest we about, about it, you know. know? Like, up? We know we're getting big time right here in front of us. Um, but so, so you guys both had some experiences, and that kind of describes the why pretty well, you know. Oftentimes, the why's problem is that we... Um, you know, people don't quite understand us because we do so much. A lot of people think of us as a gym and swim. You know, kids are playing sports there and there's a swimming pool and there's some people working out, but we're so much more than that. You know, that our health and wellness aspect of our mission was something that's been part of us for over 120 years. You know, we've always done health and wellness as a way to, you know, grow the individual. We knew far a long time ago that, um, you know, Spiritual health and mental health is one thing, but you also had to be physically healthy uh, to to be the most productive individual. So that's been a part of of who we are. And so then, now that there's you know for profit gyms and all these different things going, people look at us as one of those gyms. But we were we were health and wellness well before yeah. uh, that was a, that was a you know part of our economy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but. No, uh, we serve everybody. Kids, you know, from six months old, we say cradle to grave, really. Yeah. Um, you know, our, our senior programs are just as vital to who we are and defining us as our, you know, our, our infant swim lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so, 
Adult health and wellness, obviously, we do all those things, but we also focus a lot on chronic disease prevention. You know, we a big issue in our country is diabetes, mm-hmm. um, and we have programs that we do that are you know clinically proven and research that if, if an individual can lose you know seven percent of their body weight um, and uh, and be active you know for uh, for a couple of days throughout the week that they can do that, and you know their likelihood to reduce the onset of diabetes you no know, changes greatly yeah. and so we focus on those types of chronic di- uh, chronic disease prevention programs to help ensure that not just the individual but our community as a whole can be a healthier more productive community down the road yeah. uh, and uh, we do things you no know, uh, arthritis management and parkinson's management and cancer survivor programs um, Lots of mommy and me and daddy and me programs. So lots of things. Now we do lots of sports programs and swimming programs, but oftentimes those sports programs, it's it's just as much about a kid developing their social skills and learning how to make friends and getting them out of their comfort zone. They're tools to develop character, just as much as it is to teach a kid how to kick a soccer ball or how to how to how to dribble or how to score. Yeah, it's interesting. One of the things that I often use as um, a differentiator when I'm looking at potential employees is what is your experience with team sports? Mm-hmm. You know, not because I care whether or not you're good at shooting a basketball, but because there are all of those lessons that you impart through having to work through struggles with a team, having to learn how to share, and uh, you know, all of those different things that, that start with great coaches like we have at the wise yeah how to fail graciously yeah you know, and everything's life isn't always isn't always successful everything you try to do and just mm-hmm. how do you how do you deal with that and how do you deal with a group of people who you don't know that well and you know it's just there's so much that comes out of kids getting together and um, and participating in activities like that that is that is great for them and great for great for our community yeah, I think a lot about the the community aspect. You know, um, I think you know going there regularly, you'd see a lot of the same people, and so I think you know my family has developed a lot of relationships with like you know workout buddies, and I've done a mm-hmm. few you know different basketball leagues there that like I still have friends from, and since it's you know local to your neighborhood, you meet your neighbors you might never have met otherwise. You know, it's like just a great gathering place. I'm so glad you said that because mm-hmm. that's that is such. A goal of ours is to create these small communities within a community. It's a, the why should be the place where no matter who you are, you know, the color of your skin, the way that you worship, how you love, you know, how much money you make, that you show up and you are respected the same as any other individual there. And my first Y experience, I was in a, I was in a downtown Y, and it was everything from you know partners at major law firms and accounting firms uh, and key stakeholders in the community to. You know, borderline homeless individuals who are really trying to scrape up enough just to keep a roof over their head during the day. But when they came into that YMCA, you know, we we treated everybody the same, and they got they got the same experience at this YMCA. And some were paying different fees and things just because because of scholarships that we offer. But there was a respect factor there for this is a, a fellow of my community, and um, and we're really going to embrace them just like anybody else. And it was a phenomenal eye opening experience. And so I'm really glad that you brought that up because Absolutely. those people had a sense of belonging at the YMCA no matter who they were or where they were from. Yep. And, and we still try to live by that uh, today more than ever, especially today more than ever, Very seeing true. what's going on in, yeah. our, in our communities. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, to have that kind of third place, right, home, work, and then some other place where you feel right. comfortable mm-hmm. is awesome. I love it when you walk into a Y and you see like a juice bar or you know, <laughs> a, a smoothie place. You can sit down and it's not just I'm there for my 45 minutes of workout or for my hour and 15 minutes to play basketball and then I'm gone, mm-hmm. right? It becomes 
a place where you feel comfortable and it feels like a third um, comfort place. Especially for, for our seniors. Yeah. You know, we um, we have seniors who are there, you know, they'll work out for 20 minutes, but they're there for three hours. Mm-hmm. And it's just connecting with their friends and having coffee and talking, whatever it is. Yeah. But it's their place to go and socialize. And as our seniors get, you know, move on in life and they start to lose friends and family, um, we worry about isolation. And a YMCA serves as a good space for people to come together and just have those conversations that really keep you feeling connected to something yeah and trust me when they're there for three hours we know all about how our pool temperature is one degree too cold it's your quality control it is and they are just a part as as much a part of our family as 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 anybody else and even marshall sometimes but just the and i share that that kind of you know the pool temperature kind of joke because there's ownership Right. Mm, this yes. is my YMCA, and yep. uh, and and I want it to be. Uh, I want it to be. You know, I'm advocating for myself because it's because it's mine. And you hear that a lot from folks, um, mm. and it's just a it's a real special place. So I'm glad. Again, you both had that that yeah. experience. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we had the same kind of conversation about, uh, you know, not not to the same level of community, but when we had uh, somebody from Publix on on the podcast. Their favorite thing we said was Ev said something about well at my Publix yeah, my- and he stopped him <laughs> yeah. right there and he's like that yes yeah it is your Publix and we want you to feel that way and we love that and and yeah. we have that same kind of connection to our local Y yeah absolutely absolutely it's it's always so good to hear and we hear that we hear that so much and just and that's a reason the YMC has been around for so long you can't think of many organizations in this country that that's been around for more than 150 160 years yeah, yeah. and we have because we've really evolved we don't come into a community that's why every ymca looks so different right yeah. and, and even the programs are so different because we're there to serve that community we don't come in and say hey this is how we serve people fall in line mm-hmm. we say what is it that you need and how do you want to be served and we fall in line and we and we morph it to whatever that needs to be yeah. you'll walk to our ymcas and you know matt you just gave us a tour of the warehouse here um, and what a phenomenal operation, by the way. There's nobody standing around waiting for something yeah. to do. <laughs> no, right. everybody. Right. There's, there's always motion. people heading in other direct, but they all know exactly where they're going. Yep. It's like watching the Matrix or something. You know, there's always different <laughs> things flying around. Um, but uh, but you know, you'll walk into a Y and you'll look and go, oh, it really doesn't look like a typical fitness center because it wasn't. At one time, it was something else. It might have been a gymnastics center or a gymnasium or something. But we always just kind of change the Y to meet the needs of what the gap is in that community at that time. Yeah. Well, I love yeah. that approach because it actually really leads into one of the things I wanted to, to chat about today, which is our partnership with your veggie van. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's such a neat response to the needs of your community. I'd love for you to share with folks what what that project looks like. Sure. So it was 2015 when that project launched, and it was just a response to um, some of the food deserts that we were seeing in our service area. And you know, those areas where people really don't have good access to healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables. And, and we know that in, in Hillsborough County alone, only 20% of the population gets the recommended servings of fresh fruits and vegetables. And when you look at communities in certain neighborhoods that are underserved and that struggle financially and struggle with transportation, that percentage of people getting healthy fruits and vegetables drops to below 9%. It's mm-hmm. around 8% or so. Um, and so folks started to say, hey, what book in the YMCA do to step in? Um, and again, here's a void in the community. You know, um, uh, providing food really isn't our specialty, but it's something that we, we're, we're such a good convener Yep. the YMCA as of, of resources and volunteers and trying to make things happen that um, we stepped into a number of communities and, and, and created these veggie van stops where we can we use the, the it's, it's a mobile marketplace and we bring fresh produce 
bags of produce to these communities. People know when it's going to be there. We show up, there's a line going around the block, and then we, we provide uh, bags of, of, of fresh, healthy food for these folks, which otherwise they probably won't have access to. Yep. And that's why this became such a big deal during COVID. You know, we rely so much on our school systems, right, to feed our kids um, yeah. and to uh, provide healthy nourishment for, for our youth. And a lot of the kids, you know, if they didn't have that health, those healthy meals at school, and you know a lot more about this than we do, but um, they probably won't eat that healthy at home. And mm -hmm. so now all of a sudden all these kids are staying at home and what do we do now? And the need of the services for you know, institutions like Feeding Tampa Bay and then our veg event really stepped up. I mean, we were where we would stop twice a month, we we're doing it twice a week. Yeah. And we saw people that we never saw before, much the same experience I'm sure you all did. Yeah, absolutely. A, lot of, a lot of people showed up and said, look, I've never needed a food service program, yeah. but I need it now and thank you so much for being here. And now, our food service program is on a much smaller scale than Feeding Tampa Bay, but as you know, it's so hard to reach into every crevice of our community to serve people, and uh, that's why we felt so great partnering with Feeding Tampa Bay. Now, we could have never did it without Feeding Tampa Bay because we didn't have access to the food like you all did, um, and, and we were able to, to receive those you know that sustenance and bring it out to the community um, and, and be a part of how you all served us during COVID. The Humana Foundation and Feeding Tampa Bay work together to address food insecurity. Our goals are to strategically bring about healthy outcomes and create meaningful, sustainable change for our neighbors throughout the 10-county region that we serve. You'll find out more this spring. One hint, FoodRx. Learn more about it at feedingtampabay.org slash programs. Yeah, and that to me is the, the wonderful message of it is that this is how Feeding Tampa Bay serves. You know, the majority of the food that we deliver out into the community comes from a partner. You know, we do a lot of direct delivery, but more than half of our food is delivered exactly like this through mm -hmm. a partner who saw a need in their local community and wanted to step up and we're able to be there to do the logistical support for it. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, we were really excited when you guys came to us and said, Hey, we're you know, we have this veggie van project and we'd really love to expand our uh, options and, and to bring more food in. Can you help us? Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely, we can, and uh, it's it's been great to see because Elizabeth does a fantastic job being out in the community. Tremendous, and, uh, people just love her, and you know she's as much of an attraction as the food is in some of those <laughs> yeah. communities where she stops. So yeah, you it's know, great to see. There's we can do a lot of stuff on our own, right? As as organizations, yeah. But those programs are so much more impactful. The ones that are usually the most impactful are ones that are partnerships with other organizations. And that's true here. And also, there's always usually someone behind a great program, right? And for us, that's Elizabeth Roman. I mean, she is phenomenal. Um, she's an ambassador for the program. She's she's the uh, the, the veggie van diplomat. And, you know, um, does because it's, you know, we have, you know, we serve over 250,000 people a year in our veggie van. Uh, serves just around thirty thousand, so that's that's kind of the piece of the like of our Y portfolio that the veggie van is. So there needs to be an advocate on the team who says, "Hey, don't forget about the great work that this veggie van, right. the great mm -hmm. impact that this veggie van is doing." And that's Elizabeth for us. And yeah. that program wouldn't be what it is uh, without her. And even you know the common sense partnership with you all is you know <laughs> comes from conversations with 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 elizabeth saying let's uh let's make sure we're doing this right and doing this as efficiently as possible mm -hmm. yeah and you know in the exact same theory but the opposite direction as we have worked really hard over the past couple of years on building 
our um, our work within our own organization and how we serve our employees. We knew one of the things that Feeding Tampa Bay doesn't do is never going to do, no matter how much Rhonda wants it to happen. Um, we are not going to put a gym in in our facility, right? But if any other organization is on board with you guys about physical wellness and how important that is, nutrition's a piece of it, of course, but mm -hmm. there's there's another element of that that we just can't provide. I mean, you can go out there and uh, lift pallets, I guess, if you want, but, mm -hmm. you know, having a facility and a partner like the Y where we can send our teammates and say, Hey, as, as part of working here, we care about you, not just as an employee, but as a person, we mm -hmm. care about your physical health, not just your ability to, to do your job. It was, it was fantastic to have you guys raise your hand immediately and say, yes, we want to, we want to be part of this. We want to help you out. Absolutely. You know, like the YMC, I'm sure feeding Tampa Bay, your employees sacrifice personally. Uh, to make sure that your mission can be fulfilled. They give away time with their families, time with their kids, they miss special events, they miss these these kind of uh, these moments that are really important in the development of maybe their child or within their family, and they sacrifice. But that's part of who your organization is to make sure that you can get done what you need to get done. Those people who are selfless need to be on your team. And you need to look out for them as well, right? Because it's yeah. the same thing with the YMCA. They sacrifice so much to make sure that they can have impact on the community. So what can we do for them? And when you, know, you all talked about, hey, we want to do something where our, our, our employees and our associates can focus on their personal well-being, you know, us being a part of that is an honor. Um, we don't even look at it as, as, as offering up a favor because it's a joint mutual partnership that we yeah. have. Um, but in order to engage uh, the Feeding Tampa Bay family within the YMCA and have them become members of ours, um, is uh, just enriches us more than anything. Uh, yeah. So we're so, so happy to, to have you as part of the YMCA family. Yeah, and it you know tacks on another four letters to our acronym. So now we're FTBYMCA, and then we'll see how, how much further we can take that. That's you know? right. That's right. <laughs> it get tougher to fit on a shirt. A little bit, yeah. The logo yeah. becomes a bit uh, unwieldy, but I'm not sure that meets our brand standards. <laughs> you know, Shannon would be here defending. That's hey, look, I, you know, you let's love not it talk about the barriers. Matt. <laughs> so how do we get past the there? Solution. We go. I like it. I love it. Solution oriented. I love exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> So, you know, Matt, I'm curious, this, this is normally a part Shannon handles pretty well for us, but, mm -hmm. uh, Evan, I like to jump right into the, to the meat of the conversation, mm -hmm. but Shannon always, uh, reminds us that this, uh, this conversation is, you know, and who we are so often is defined by what we do around the table together. Mm -hmm. And we love to ask our guests to share a favorite meal or food memory or memory around the table. So we'd love to hear that from you. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I can share a couple. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So Evel, was, Evel cut it if it's not. <laughs> yeah, <and> I, <laughs> I'll pick the best one. <laughs> Here's one that still affects me to this day. My, my mother was a, a phenomenal, phenomenal cook. And, um, and she had a bunch of meals that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, and one was her lasagna. Yeah. And I have the recipe. I have it. It's all written out. It's like on this little little card that she had. <laughs> I, I do it, try to do it to perfection. You know, it never quite comes out the same. <laughs> right. But, right. but I remember one time, when I was maybe seven or eight years old, I was eating it. I said, Mom, is this the typical lasagna? And she said, yes, of course, it's the exact same thing. I went, oh, so, something just doesn't taste right. And she told me the next day that she switched out the beef with eggplant. Oh. 
And I remember being, I felt so bamboozled. I felt that, <laughs> how could you do that? You're my mom, I trust you, and here you have me eat this eggplant. I knew there was something different, and you lied to me. And it's still, it's still like, so So when I see something on a still menu. Still an open wound. Yeah. I kind of go, look at that lasagna. How's a chef gonna do lasagna with that? He's gonna put some vegetable. How dare he or she do that? Yeah, <laughs> People yeah. are like, I think you overreacted a bit. No, like, no. <laughs> no but is, is, are they back there? I wanna talk to them about this. Um, yeah. So that's when it's had a lasting impression. But I always loved, um, and I still do. Well, Thanksgiving is always such a, a, a phenomenal holiday, and I, and just you know, waking up and smelling the bird cooking, and every, and all these different aromas that come in. And then you have other families and friends that show up, and they bring something else that is meaningful uh, to them. Mm-hmm. And, and I love how food does that you know it's yeah. a, not really a chance to show off but a chance to share right, right. Yep. in san antonio we'd have these uh, these celebrations that we call posadas where people would bring something of how they celebrated their uh um, during holiday time and in and certain diff- different ethnic foods of, of what was special to their families and just to experience that different culture and love that goes into the food and the purpose behind it um is is great and that's what i love too about this about you know this food program and us delivering food because it's we do more right than just help provide nourishment to families and to kids but we give opportunities for a family to sit around a table yes and have that Absolutely. experience and learn about you know the, their mother or father's day at work or, or they can share about their day at school and they can talk and express themselves and they can learn things about their family mm. and about their culture that might just kind of go over their head at the time but when they get to be our age they think back and go hey that's me yeah that yep. makes up a part of me that fake lasagna <laughs> makes up a part of me that's right? right and that experience around the table and then as i got older for things like uh, thanksgiving you know you move away from family and, you, and your friends grow up and you're all in different places Anytime I'm not around friends or family that time of year, I have this 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 yearning or this I, there's this void I need to fill with that camaraderie because it's it's such a big part of uh, of personal fulfillment for me that it's 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 really uh it's really had that type of a profound impact. And it's it's awesome how food can do that. You know, just uh, last weekend actually, I was on a camping trip with a bunch of neighbors, and we, each family kind of took a different meal and made it for everyone. And the meal that my kids insisted that I make was um, this stuffed French toast that um, is kind of a family tradition, and it was my dad's recipe, and and I still have that. He's he's been gone for a while, but I, I still have that exact recipe, and and I've made it so many times that I didn't need to bring the recipe. You know, I did exactly. What I needed to get, and um, it ended up being one of those uh, memorable experiences. Not because the food was good, but because the community was great around mm-hmm. it. Because um, you know, cooking over propane, you know, with a just the the setup we had at camping was not exactly the same as being <laughs> in my own kitchen. And then it was a three percent chance of rain that day. And it rained the whole time. I was nice. Cooking, so. <laughs> you know, tasted a little different than I would have mm. you know, put in an ideal situation. But, but the, the idea of how important it was to my kids that that was what I made. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to share that with our neighbors mm, and with our yeah. friends. Like, no, no, no. You have to have Pop-Up's French toast. Yeah, it's so good. And, and, I mean, this time wasn't quite up to par, but, you know. Uh, no, that's great. It's, it's just fun to have those memories so 
Uh, are you the cook on your side of it? I am. And, yeah. And so yeah. what's your go-to? If you have guests coming over, what, what is it that you make? I like working on the grill and I don't have any of the special grills. I just got a basic grill and I like to get it all warmed up and then see what's going to happen. I love making steaks and seafood on the grill. Mm. If I if I have a, a favorite out there, I know the missus loves um, – uh, my uh, grilled chicken tacos, um, which is uh, which is really good. Um, it, again, having roots in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. there's always some bratwurst and burgers <laughs> and stuff, and, you know, and, and the sausage of all different. It, it's, it's sometimes it's venison, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's it's wild hog, you know, it's always different oh, wow. things that uh, that you know, sausage makes anything taste good. I guess yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I love I love to grill, and when I um, uh, when I bake. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a breakfast guy. I can eat breakfast, and I mm-hmm. talk about this with my friends and colleagues all the time. But uh, you know, I, I'll make breakfast for dinner sometimes. Mm-hmm. My omelets, I think, are pretty spot on. Yeah. <laughs> we we call it BFD at my house. The boys, <laughs> hey, what do you guys want? Can we have BFD breakfast for dinner? Can we do that tonight? <laughs> no, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, th- those are one of my favorites. And you know. I like experimenting too and just trying something you know uh, I've had a chance to go with some colleagues to some cooking classes every now and then where you kind of step into like a Publix and they have the you know, oh, yeah, cooking the experience thing, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and um, and just trying it at home and, and giving it a shot and just seeing what that's like and knowing that you can fail sometimes but there's been some yeah, yeah there's been some good uh products right yeah kind of. <laughs> it's a process and it gets you know inspires you to try new things you know yeah you might yeah. find an ingredient you didn't know you liked and be like okay this didn't work out but i'm gonna give another shot to this uh you know acorn squash or whatever yeah yeah and even see acorn squash that's a, that's getting pretty uh it's advanced right I've, <laughs> yeah. I've seen people do it i will not attempt it myself but <laughs> I, I was thinking of seasoning the potatoes a little bit differently sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> montreal steak jump wing yeah. Yeah. yeah adobo <laughs> yeah, indeed. indeed yeah I mean, i'm a little bit classier you know i Let's put a little rosemary on this, and mm-hmm. then I'm like, "Hey, listen, the house smells different. <laughs> sounds like I did something really great." But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. You know, it's funny that she said one year um, my wife is making mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving, and um, you know, my 14 year old would eat like six pounds of it if we let him. <laughs> he loves it, and um, for whatever reason, we were out of just regular old black pepper so she threw in some montreal steak seasoning into just plain old mashed potatoes and she does a great job with them they're they're mashed potatoes but um he ate it he's like has this face so, what, what is this is really good and so now they insist on montreal steak seasoning wow. in mashed potatoes <laughs> It's funny how you kind of accidentally stumble on necessity something good and invention. Like that, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's too good. Mm-hmm. That's too good. Florida Blue's mission is to help people and communities achieve better health. In partnership with Feeding Tampa Bay, their collective goal is a hunger-free Tampa Bay by 2025. How will we do that? By ensuring that all our neighbors have access to fresh, nutritious food that is essential to a healthy and capable lifestyle. We invite you to join the movement. Visit hungerfree2025.com. So another thing I wanted to just chat with you about, I'm really curious, you know, this has been a strange year. Mm. And, um, you know, here in Florida, we, I think, are fortunate in some ways that we've been a little more open than a lot of the rest of the country. Um, but I'm sure, you know, you're, as we t- discussed, you're far more than gym and swim, but gym and swim were certainly affected by the past year how did you how'd you work your way through that you know we uh we evolved um and we were very flexible um and 
you know, when we, I can't remember that. I can remember exactly where I was when this all happened. And I remember I was having a lunch with some, with some volunteers. And I said, I have to step out at 1.30 because I have a call with some of our statewide CEOs to talk about uh, this COVID thing. And I can remember that call. It was on a Monday and I went out and, and one of our colleagues in a different part of the state said, I think I'm gonna have to close down. I went, why would you close down? What? I, I, I don't understand that. He goes, well, it's, it's pretty serious. And our population here is, is very senior driven. And, and by Thursday, we were all closed down. Wow. And it happened that that quick. Yeah. And um, you know, then we had, to, we had to think at that point and go, of what value are we going to be to our community right now? What can we do? And we, we talked to friends. You know, we're very inbred across the country when it comes to program ideas, and we try to be. Um, and the need arose for all these healthcare workers and all these essential workers and their children. Mm. And, uh, hey, school's shut down. Now, this nurse still has to go to the hospital. Yeah. Who's going to watch her 8-year-old? Mm. And you know, what if the, what if the father had, and we don't have this luxury of you know the grandparents live down the block. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has that, or you know one of the parents is going to be able to stay home. Not everybody had that luxury, and so we said, well, we need to watch the kids of these essential workers so they can go on and keep us safe, and and so they can tend to our sick, and we'll take care of their kids. Then we thought, well, we don't want to make this a financial burden on them, so we got some donors to step up, and we we're able to do emergency child care for our relief care workers. Um, and we we're able to do it for twenty-five bucks a week, so they didn't have to you know five bucks a day. Wow! No, so they don't have to worry about, yeah. you know, about okay. Now they're watching, but how am I going to make ends meet right, now? Yeah. Because now, because again, one like one of the spouses isn't working or is laid off. There's always different things. So if we could take care of their children, their most prized possession, and they could focus on keeping us safe, that was a big deal. Now, from a financial perspective, it would have been better for the Y just to close. Yeah, right. Because you know, yeah. we ended up, we probably lost close to $10 million last wow. year in operating revenue just because, you know, most everything the Y does loses money, and then you know membership and and uh, and our fundraising helps helps balance everything out. But all, all the different stuff we do doesn't doesn't make money. It's there again as as, as our mission to help serve the community. Yeah. So we did all this relief care, and we you know we served over fifteen hundred kids over those weeks, wow. and we. Um, uh, uh, you know, I think we say over three hundred some thousand hours of, of structured, safe fun for all of them. But it was it was a time too where this disease was evolving. At first, if you remember, oh, kids can't get it. Right. right. Not a, not a big, then all of a sudden, two weeks later, they're the culprit. Oh. You know, <laughs> right. We're spreading them out. Oh. You know, a sixty thousand square foot building with yeah. twenty kids spread out. You know, oh, everything. <laughs> but then, like, but but that's how this has been, right? You just kind right. of we all were learning together. We mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that if we were going to be bringing kids together. They were doing it in a responsible way that was keeping our community safe. Right. And then after nine weeks of shutdown, we started to open up little by little. But while we were shut down, so we were doing the, the emergency relief care for our essential workers. We were doing blood drives because the blood banks, their supplies were running low, but the need was still there. So we organized blood drives. And I think that we did it. We, we uh, collected enough. That's, is that right? Collected enough blood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does, it sound, does it sound too, uh, too medical? Yeah. But uh, no, we're, we're, over to, we're over to impact thousands of lives by the amount of, yeah. uh, of blood that we collect. And then also our seniors. Now we talked about them earlier. They were isolated during this. They couldn't, they're the ones who are maybe most susceptible and they really couldn't go out and their, their families sometimes couldn't come see them. So we had our staff calling our senior members, just going, hey, how are you doing today? Oh, wow. How are you holding out? You know, what are your needs? Uh, and sometimes just that little conversation was enough to brighten their day and to provide some connection and some hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them were saying, hey, could, are you going to call me back tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but we called over 10,000 of our seniors wow. and just had good conversations with them. Yeah. Then it grew into a point where 
no, the, the governor opened back up the state little by little, and we were able to allow people to come into our YMCAs. But again, we had to do it in a way that was responsible. We didn't want yeah. to do something where we were creating these these petri dishes of the infection. So you know, put in some pretty, uh, lots of, um, you know, just, I don't want to say strict, but precautionary measures so that mm-hmm. people, um, we could limit the amount of, of cross-exposure. And it's been going pretty well. You no, know, we... Um, we're probably at about 60% of what we were pre-COVID as far as membership. Uh, programs are starting to come back a bit faster. Our youth programs are coming back faster. Even our, our swim lessons and our youth sports programs, the first part of this year, are probably at the numbers they were back in 2019. It's all the yeah. the adult stuff and senior stuff that's really, really slow. And, of course, mm-hmm. all the, the programs that are on school sites because you know all the kids ba- aren't back in school yet. But we're hoping that as community confidence starts to come back with you know with community health and uh, that people start coming back as well for sure but you know where we live we have a big responsibility in us right because we are open a lot quicker right. than other parts of the country we have colleagues in New York and in California who you know there may be a 20% yeah. yeah and they're shut down a mm-hmm. lot and so there's a lot of stuff that we have to do where we're I don't want to say trailblazers, but we're kind of the first out the gate, right? Yeah, and yeah. What, let's 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 be thoughtful and deliberate about this. And what can we do right? And those things that we find that we we should have done differently, let's document that. Make sure we share it with our colleagues. So as California, New York, and these other states start to open up, that we can share with them. This is what worked for us. This is what we learned. These are what should be some best practices, and hopefully they can be as successful as us. But yeah. you know, we talk to our colleagues, and they think we talk about, hey, when do you think you're going to be fully recovered? And they're talking three, four years. Oh, man. And here yeah. we're hoping, God, you know, <laughs> things are looking kind of are looking kind of good. Yeah. And and again, if we do it right, yeah, if we do it responsibly, hopefully we can recover within the next year and look somewhat familiar to what we did right. back in 2019, the beginning of 2020. Yeah, it's it's been yeah. really interesting to me because the the soccer club where my my kids play where I coach you know we have, we're seeing record numbers of signups I think mm-hmm. you know th- families are so desperate to have their kids be active again cabin and, fever you know yeah, and to, <laughs> yeah. To, you to are back. doing something this yeah. summer right. <laughs> it's not going to be here on this living room floor yeah. well, and, <laughs> and even to go back to the health and wellness piece that we were talking about earlier you know kids have to be active and they have to be out there and places like the Y are are perfect for that to have a safe comfortable local supervised experience for kids i mm-hmm. you know the last thing you want to do with a nine-year-old is say, "Hey, Nolan, you're gonna just stay home and sit on, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, sit on the couch for the next nine months. That's mm-hmm. not going to be super healthy for you." Yeah. So, yeah, it's very true. You know, so our world over the past year has gotten so much more advanced technologically, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't remember being on a Zoom call <laughs> prior right. to COVID. I mean, there may <laughs> right. have been some little things here and there. Like, a, I was on a go-to meeting once and thought, oh, this is pretty neat. But right. but now, like, it... That's it. That's it, like the whole... <laughs> consumes our day. But, but that's going to be... That isn't going to change much going forward. I think that some companies and organizations and industries have realized that there's an efficiency to some of this. And it might help them get over the hump of some things they might have been trying to do for years. And as our world becomes more virtual, we're still human beings, right? Mm-hmm. And part of that human being, that human behavior equation is we have to you know, ma- make new friends and maintain friendships is a big part of who we are. We have to connect and feel belonging to someplace. So places like the YMC are gonna be that much more vital to yeah. the community, even more than they were before. Right. And then you think about our kids. 
all those rites of passage that they missed out on last year, whether right. it's homecomings or proms or kindergarten graduations or mm-hmm. first communions um, and all these different birthday parties, all this stuff. Hey, I turned eight this year, but yeah. no, it's just not, it's just not the same <laughs> yeah. for some reason. No, so no, that socialization is so very important. Now, we used to think, hey, look, all these, all these time that kids are spending playing video games is so dangerous for them. Right. Now I'm kind of saying this is, oh, yeah. you, this is all you got is virtual. <laughs> right. We have to get them back into connecting with their friends and um, interacting and have those have those rites of passage. Mm-hmm. The first time the first time a kid's on a soccer field and scores a goal or the ball's coming at them, you know, we don't, might not think that it's that big of a deal because we so, see it so much, but it's a it's a growth opportunity for mm-hmm. a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Absolutely. first time you're in the you know in the middle of a basketball court and you're 10 years old and there's people in the gym yelling and screaming and all of a sudden the ball's in your hands <laughs> no there's a you react you mm-hmm. do yeah, something absolutely. at that point and the way that you react no and and how you evolve out of that helps you grow as a young person that's why i said earlier too it's sports is so much more about making the best basketball player right it's it's really about for most of the kids it's about the interaction the growth the social development and they need that stuff and the ymca has all of that mm-hmm, it's yeah. a place where kids are going to have to go um and and get back to that type of of traditional development. So how do our listeners find out about the WISE programs in their area? You know, the best way to do it is to go online and look at our, go to our website, tampawymca.org. Very simple. TampaYMCA.org, and uh, all of our programs are there. Um, the big thing that's coming up now, obviously, is day camp, and mm. uh, day camp is actually starting to fill up. So, oh, wow. if you want to get engaged in our summer day camps, there's locations all across Tampa Bay. There's, there's guaranteed there's one that's convenient for you. Um, it's time to start looking at that now and, and trying to make your summer plans. And this is a tricky thing when you say that. Typical years, that's the very responsible thing to say is you know plan six months ahead. Mm. But we're still like in this this task-oriented world right now where you can't predict what things are going to look like three right. months from now. Yeah. Right. And so you're all kind of planning shorter. But, you know, that's if you sign up for Y Day Camp and all of a sudden something happens with this pandemic and with the health of our community, things change. You know, it's not like we're, hey, tough thing. You're locked in. You're either sending your kid or not. That's not how it is, you know. So you know, we're, we, we realize and we're, we're empathetic to the, the needs of the community. So um, people can feel safe signing up now and and trying to plan uh, far ahead for their kids' uh, summertime. But if it doesn't work out, no, we'll figure out a plan B, and, yeah. and, we'll, and we'll work from there. But tampawymc.org is where to go to. Nice. Awesome. Well, Matt, yeah. we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for, for coming in and sharing a little bit about your mission with us. Indeed. Hey, we didn't burn the place down. Yeah. You know, just the three of us? <laughs> we did without adult supervision. I mean, you know, we haven't left <laughs> the building. Yeah, yeah right? you haven't clicked stop yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure I'll There's have a list time. of things we missed during the conversation <laughs> that Shannon would have cleaned up for us. But, you know, I think we made it. Oh, fantastic. Really, really good to meet you guys yeah. and hang out. Yeah, Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.